So you're thinking of getting married and looking for someone. I mean, it could be right now or it could be maybe in a couple of months or a year from now, but your eyes are peeled. And I mean, the great thing is your family is super supportive, but sometimes they're a little too supportive. Like they're kind of all in your business or sometimes just downright pressuring you. They have ideas that you should marry a certain type of person from a certain type of culture, a location of the world. You should marry someone with a certain degree or level of profession. And how about them telling you all about that guy or girl from that good family? I mean, what does good really mean anyway? Good to who? Good how? Now, wait a minute. Let's just kill all the noise. After all of that, this and that coming at you, have you even had a moment to yourself to decide what you want? I mean, isn't it you that's going to be with that person for the rest of your life? Today, we're going to cover the story of Layla. Now, Layla was going through a ton of that, but thankfully it got to her before things got a little too crazy. I was able to intervene, talk, and help her work it out. But at the end of the day, not all women are so fortunate. Unfortunately, there are way too many men and women that are stuck with the wrong person, pressured by their family feeling obligated, all types of pressures that in the end they had to make everyone happy and yet they themselves are now trapped, miserable, sometimes even to the step of also having children and kind of making it hard for those children's lives when their parents don't really love each other and really want to stay married. Now there's no reason to go down that dark road. We can easily stop all of that and that's why I'm making these podcasts. Let's listen to the story of Layla and find out exactly where she was going wrong and how she was able to set it right. And let's talk about how we can have a more secure marriage, inshallah, by taking account of what we really want in light of what everyone is suggesting for us. Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the podcast where we are empowering women to grow and thrive. I have a confession to make, guys. Um, usually I release my podcast on Mondays and Fridays, but honestly, I have been itching to talk to you guys since the beginning of the week when I released the last podcast I put out there. And I love this topic. I'm so excited. As many of you know, we're doing the whole love series for about a month. We have a ton of events coming up. I'm about to tell you about like all the events on my calendar by the end of the podcast, inshallah, like I'll go over them and everything. But I I just get so excited about this topic because I know how many women this can help. I can't explain to you how many young people are just, they just really don't have anybody to talk to about this stuff. Yes, the sheikhs are talking about stuff and giving advice. You can go to the masjid, you can go to YouTube and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah, you can go to your girlfriend or your guy friend about stuff like this. But to have kind of like an older sister that you could actually send questions, you know, ask for information, ask for upcoming episodes or podcasts or Facebook lives or or courses or webinars on to have access like that to someone who's been there, done it before for like 20 years, like myself, to have that access is something I would have killed for years back. What many women actually 
really, really want me. They just want somebody they can talk to if they can't turn to their family or parents because they just won't understand what they're going through. And I'm actually going to talk about a topic today that is really sensitive. It's sensitive from the parent's perspective and also from the, the young person that's trying to get married. So I know I have listeners from both sides. So don't worry, guys. As parents, I need you to hear this. If you're a parent listening, I want you to say, okay, I don't want to do these missteps when my children go to get married. Let me learn now and be more conscious. And if you're a person who wants to get married, this stuff is for you because we're going to talk about some real life stuff that's happening. Now, whether you're a born Muslim or a revert, this information is incredibly applicable and totally catered for you because it's actually for every Muslim because the point is that we get married by the sunnah in the end. And the whole reason for that, guys, is when you get married by the sunnah, it takes out so many problems. The amount of people that are just in a hot mess. Let me just be really honest and call it what it is, in a hot mess right now. I, I'd hate to like put out numbers, but we're not going to go there. We're going to do it the right way. Today, I'm going to share an amazing story of a beautiful sister that I know personally who is just like such a catch. I mean, if I had a, a son that was of their age and it was the time and you know all the stars were aligned, and no, I'm just joking. We don't believe in that stuff, but you know what I mean? I would marry them to her. She's amazing. But thankfully, after everything she went through, we were able to get her in a situation where she is kind of on the road for marriage, inshallah, so that ship has sailed. But I do want to say that this story is so exciting and at the same time, sad. Now, why is this story sad? Because this story is not just Layla's story. This story is the story of too many people. Too many Muslims trying to get married, and I'm not trying to be cliche. Like, this really honestly breaks my heart because I have to talk to young Muslims, but I also have to talk to parents. And sometimes parents have the best of intentions. I myself am a parent. I totally know what it feels like when you have a teenager or a person in their 20s, you know, that's your child, and they think they know everything. And yeah, come on, girls and guys, we know that's kind of what happens sometimes. You feel you know what's best for you. I know I felt that way at the time in my life. And you just don't really want to hear what other people's opinions are, whether they're your parents or your family. But those people feel like they really want to guide you into the right way. So today we're going to try to strike a balance. Like how can parents give their opinion enough where it is valued and heard and at the same time where young Muslims can marry who they need to marry? I mean, there has to be that middle ground. In the meantime, I do want to start right before the podcast with someone that reached out to me actually yesterday. They reached out to me and actually, I'm telling you, all of a sudden, as soon as I opened this whole thing of reach out if you want to be featured on my podcast, women are reaching out. And this one sister did ask me to be anonymous because she, again, has a personal issue that she doesn't, you know, she's afraid someone might listen to the podcast and know her or recognize her. And I totally get that and respect that. So I'm not going to say her name, but she did leave me a review on Apple. And that's what a lot of women are doing. They're starting to listen to my content and then leave a review. Now, the reason I'm highlighting her is one, because she literally asked me to, and two, because, um, she is just another inspiration. Like the last podcast I mentioned Sonia because Sonia said I could say her name, but um, this sister in particular, she again has been going through things and actually doing what I've suggested and finding results. And that's what I want to tell women. Like we don't really have to suffer and we really need to share information with one another. I don't know why women are so competitive. You know what I mean. And for that reason, I was not friends with a lot of women for a long time. Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he put me in touch with some beautiful sisters that are now some of my dearest and closest friends. 
You guys know who you are if you're listening. <laughs> and, uh, you know, subhanAllah, this particular sister, you know, she got the information from my podcast. But the truth is, like, having women around you that are just sharing things and wishing you the best, it's kind of hard to come by. And that's why I want to build this village in my platform here, because I want women to know you can come here. I'm going to share the best of what I have, and we're going to share it with one another and wish well for one another and stop with the whole competing thing and actually care about one another. And I'm totally promoting that. I need to change that with our people. So um, yeah, this particular sister, I'll just say really quick what she said, um, because honestly, it, it had me blushing. Like, I'm going to only read half the review because it was very long, but I'm only reading half it to you. So it's a little teeny snippet, but the rest of it was even more personal. And that part she did ask me not to share. She just wanted me to personally know about like something, how I had affected her. But I will read you the part that she did want to share. She said, Assalamu alaikum, mindful Muslima. Just wanted to remind you that what you're doing is so like S-O-O-O <laughs> beneficial. I'm going through a rough time with emotional abuse from my family, which has tested my marriage intensely. I have listened to your podcast for a while and right from the beginning, your episodes made me reflect. And then I prayed to Allah and listened to some more of your episodes. And then it took a long time for me to truly connect the dots. But finally, I'm beginning to find my way out of the big hole I am in. I saw a lot of signs in the podcast, books, Quran verses, YouTube videos, blog posts. Your content was those one of those big signs. Jazakumullahu khairan, sister. And, you know, that's one thing that the sister said I want to highlight that she said. She said, I finally connected the dots. Now, what that sister did was she took information and she applied it. Like a lot of us, we hear really great information on YouTube and podcasts and stuff like that. We don't actually apply much of it. We just kind of like move on to the next video, move on to the next like podcast, whatever. But if you actually sit and reflect, which is what I'm constantly promoting in my podcast, tadabr, 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 like reflection and meditation on things. And then you actually get to connect the dots. What this sister is describing is exactly what happened in my life and how I was able to get so far. So I just want to encourage other women that what this sister doing is I'm so uh, respectful of her and I'm so grateful that she shared that because she just let me know that what I'm doing is actually like worth doing. Women are listening and women are benefiting. Alhamdulillah. But more than that, she's a reminder to me that connecting the dots is what pulls you out of your hole, out of your dark place, out of the place you feel you're never going to get out of. She took the time. She stopped and reflected. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for you, sis. And please, guys, keep sending in your suggestions of things you want me to cover. When you do that, I'm able to give you guys what you need. And sometimes your suggestion benefits another sister and you get reward for that. Alhamdulillah. So please, if you want to get featured in my podcast, leave me a review on Apple or share one of my um, podcasts or, you know, posts or something on your IG stories, um, you know, tag me uh, so I can know that you shared. Or if you see the Apple podcast, I read each and every one individually. So I'll always see it. Inshallah, visit that. All right. We're going to dive right into the story. I'm so excited to share it with you. The story of Layla. So, before I do, I want to tell you that um, I want you, while you're listening to the story, to focus on what I, the same thing I had you focus on with the story of Miriam. So it's always really good when you're listening to a story to have a focused question. So the question I want you to think about is, what part of Layla's story is from Islam? And what part of Layla's story is from her culture? What part of it was actually, you know, not a good thing to do? The things that were not suggested for us in the seeking of marriage. And what part of it was actually from Islam and good? All right. So take a listen. Inshallah ta'ala, you'll benefit. 
And if you guys have any questions or anything, don't forget, we're going to be talking more about this in our Facebook Live tonight. Okay, so Layla is a girl that I know for a long time. I probably know her, I want to say almost 10 years. And I watched her grow from a young girl. I know many girls. And just if you guys don't know already, I know a lot of women and men. Uh, they're, they're now young women and men in their mid-20s and beyond because I've done a lot of youth groups over the years. In the past 20 years, when I've just kind of supported the Muslim community and been part of it, I do a lot of volunteer work, a lot of work with Muslim organizations. And I do a lot of work in the in different masajid where I sit and I give like halakha and, you know, dars and stuff like that. So these women and men in, in teen groups or in youth groups, I've met them this way. So this is kind of the, the framework for how I, I met Layla. So Layla, I knew her from one of those types of things. And mashallah, she had the world in front of her. She's absolutely beautiful, sweetheart, very soft-spoken, always smiling, just a lovely, lovely girl. And, um, you know, she just had plans like everyone else. You know, she was going to college. She had a particular degree she was focusing on. She was very focused, very sweet. Now, the problem that started for Layla was Layla really kind of had an idea of what she wanted. She didn't know like too deeply, but she did know what she wanted. The, the thing is, um, when it finally got to the time where she felt like, okay, like it's time. I need to get married. Um, you know, First of all, I do want to say she did want to get married a little bit younger, but her parents said, no, um, it's too young for you to get married. We need you to wait a bit more. So they made her wait. I think she might've waited till she was like the beginning of her twenties. I think she might've been ready like after she came out of high school, but they made her wait till about like 20 something, like 22, something like that. And then they started looking with her. Now their parents, her parents are actually really religious and they're really great people. And alhamdulillah, they just like literally wanted the best for, for Layla. But the thing is, you know, it's really hard for parents because you want the best for your kids. But at the same time, you know, you feel all the time that they're maybe not, you know, mature enough to know what's best for them. And that was kind of the situation with her parents. Like Layla had all these ideas. She was so sweet that her parents kind of felt she was a bit naive. She'd be easily taken advantage of. And they really felt like they needed to take the reins and just help her find the right person. And Layla was kind of okay with that. You know, she was, again, so sweet and so soft that she really didn't like demand of her parents anything. But of course, in the back of her mind, like all women, young women, they just kind of, you know, want to like whoever they like, right? So anyway, so she was really cool with her parents helping her out. Um, there was, like I said, the delay in the, in the marriage. And at the same time in trying to get married, but at the same time there was um, the parents wanting her to at least wait till she had a certain amount of college and getting into college and all that stuff like that. So Layla's looking. Now Layla started looking, let's say around 22 years old. And her parents were very particular. They said to everyone, we don't mind where they're from. We don't mind where they choose from. It does not have to be from our culture. And that's, you know, a bit different from Miriam's story in the last podcast I told you. So in this one, the parents were more open as long as they're religious. They had just complete focus on the person being religious. Now, at the same time, even though they were saying that they were only wanting to have from like a certain, they, they didn't mind if they were from any group, but they just want them to be, you know, just religious. That's the most important thing. Um, that wasn't quite the feeling that Layla got from them. Like, you know, sometimes parents say one thing, but they really mean something else. Now, you know what happens is when you are <laughs> like exposed to the Muslim community, you meet all types of people. And I'm not going to say right now because I'm not going to promote it, but we have all types of ideas and feelings about different 
groups, right? I always hear one group talking about the other group. Those ones are the ones who are loose. Don't marry from them. Those ones are the ones who think they're better than the rest of us. Don't marry from them. Those ones, you know, are are always like this and they're this way with their women or with this way with their men. Don't marry from them. Like we have these stereotypes. Now, I would say some of them are what we call cultural tendencies. Like there is a little truth to them because there are tendencies in the community for those things to happen. Like there are certain groups that tend to be a little bit more um, rough with their women or cold with their women or, you know, like less affectionate and stuff like that. But that's like literally because the culture is like that. It's not because they're necessarily bad people. It's just like parts of the world have different um, approaches to things. You know, that's just, that's just how it is. But some people like take it to the next level and they like try to be like, oh, that group, like don't deal with that group. Now, obviously we're going to get at the end into like what the Sunna feels about that. But I think most of us can understand that that's not something that we should do necessarily but we all kind of still do it, right? We have these preconceived notions when we see sisters wearing a certain type of hijab a certain way, pants a certain way and whatnot. So Layla totally got that from her parents. And her parents were like, oh, you chose someone from there because like she let them know she was interested. Well, yeah, we'll consider that person. But in the end, they were kind of like extremely hard on that person. And they were constantly making comments on how that person is from that community, so probably this is going to happen. And the language was all there. Like, they were open, but not really. And so at the end of the day, don't get me wrong, I get the the, the, the feelings that they had, that they could be concerned or worried, but there was some overgeneralizing. There was some assumptions that everyone could be like that. There were some assumptions that they were not good for their daughter because of where they were from, most definitely. And at first, this this didn't bother Layla that much. But then Layla turned 23 and 24 and 25 and 26. Layla got to the point where Layla wasn't getting married. Layla was sitting in the house and her parents were not agreeing to anyone who came by. They found fault with every person that came to her house and asked for her hand. And anyone she suggested was usually cut down. And at the end, she was left to feel like her decisions just weren't the smartest. Layla was a bit destroyed. Um, When Layla came to me, Layla was struggling because this experience, it didn't just affect her between her relationship and her parents. It started to affect her iman. She, again, like I said, was a sweet girl, religious, totally prayed, covered, everything totally. But like it was taking a toll. Layla was watching her friends get married one by one by one by one. And she was left behind, attending all the weddings, but never getting married, feeling I'm getting older and older and older. Will anyone even want me eventually? And you know, will that be a problem? So all that stuff creeps in. Shaitan creeped in. He creeped in a lot. He told her a lot of things when she was all by herself, waswasing her day and night. Now, you might say like, hey, this is an extreme situation. Like, I don't have that situation or something, but the point is still there. And I'll explain more of what it is at the end when we get to like what's Islamic and what's not. So as Layla still was not getting married, the the shaitan creeped in. You know, with weddings, like I'm, this whole like series is basically on the whole idea of getting married the proper way. She attended many weddings. Not one of them was by the sunnah. 
Not one of them was done by the Sunnah. And I will say that again, not one. So she's doing all kinds of stuff, you know, with women, all kinds of music, dancing, hanging out. Then she would get close to some of those women, be friends with them. And they were not necessarily women that were the most encouraging to good. Yes, they had hijab. Yes, they prayed kind of almost on time, but not really. And they also did a lot of other stuff, like chatted with guys and DM'd guys, like behind their parents, and kind of like listened to all kinds of music that just encouraged infidelity and all kinds of music that just was, you know, not Islamic, quote unquote. On top of that, you know, they were just constantly talking about stuff that was way offline, mainstream, you know, non-Muslim stuff. They kind of almost came off like they were Muslim in dress and name alone. After being with those girls for a while, kind of rubbed off on Layla, and Layla started to find herself changing internally, getting a little bit more easy to do this thing that's haram, easy to do that. Because, I mean, who cares anyway? She's never getting married, or so Shaitan told her. And, you know, this is the serious problem. Now, when I found Layla in this state, I had a serious, serious talk to Layla. And in my Facebook Live tonight, I'm going to be giving a lot of the advice that I gave Layla. And in the tool that I'm going to give away, I'm actually going to give away, for those of you interested, and I I mean, you don't have to attend, but for those of you who are interested that really, really want to get deep on this stuff, I'm going to give a tool of exactly the same questions I asked Layla and exactly how I got her able to, at that point, understand that she needs to kind of take a little bit more control of what was going on. Now, again, I'm not (laughs) encouraging rebellion to parents. I want to be like super clear. I am not. But there are some times when parents are crossing the line of what is Islamically allowable, and they're actually making it harder for their children. And there's a point where the actual person who wants to get married needs to step in and take the responsibility to find out what the rights of a person who's getting married are and the rights of the parents and understand where the lines are and where the crossing or not can happen. Like we have to know the rights. And when I told you I'm making this Muslim marriage lab, I mean, this kind of stuff is exactly what inspired me. I need women to know their rights. I need men to know their rights. I need parents to know their rights. I need everybody to know where the lines in the sand are so we can all stay within them and not burden one another with our own personal issues. And that was what was happening a bit to Leela. Her parents and their own fears and their own concerns are maybe, who knows, maybe they just wanted to keep her around. They didn't want her out of the house. Sometimes unconsciously, that's what's happening to parents. They don't want to let the girls go. I mean, who knows? But the point is, in the end, the result was the same. The girl was suffering. And the delay, the delay, maybe she was ready to get married at 18 and now she's 25, 26 and she was still sitting in that house. And it was getting to her and it was getting to her iman and she was changing and she was going backwards. She wasn't going forward. So when I got to Layla, I talked to her and I gave her these, these um, questions. They're not small questions. They're deep questions. And like I said, I'm going to reveal them in the Facebook Live and I'm going to, after that, I'll, I'll open them up to everybody else. But I did promise them to the people who are going to attend that in the first place. But I did want to tell you something about today and leave you with, this about Layla today. Two things. One, I want to talk to you about the importance of knowing what you want. And two, I want to talk to you about Islamically was what was correct or not correct about what Layla was experiencing. Okay. So the first thing I need you to know and just kind of get by the end of this podcast is that what you want and knowing what you want is really important. Everyone else is going to tell you what you should do. 
And that's really great of them. They really love you and they really care. And you are so, you know, it's so amazing for you. You should be so grateful that you're surrounded by such amazing people that care so much about your well-being. But there's a point where like you have to take the time and find out exactly what you want. If you don't, you really put yourself at the risk of getting married to someone who you do not like or are happy with later. And that is a huge problem in our community. So many people are pressured to marry someone who they do not really know that they really want or it sounds good, but they didn't ask the right questions. And much of what I'm going to reveal in kind of like my, my Muslim marriage lab course I'm going to have like about a hundred questions that you could ask and probably like my top 25 questions that I, you should like definitely ask before you ever marry anyone. Because if most women would actually ask these questions, they would avoid like ridiculous amounts of drama and trouble and choosing the wrong person. And this is after years and years and years of seeing that happen to women. And so I've actually, um, I actually took a couple of them and put them in that 10 signs that you found the one, um, for people who do know that free um, checklist that I have and I have out, it's, it's usually I've listed in tons of my podcasts. Maybe I'll put it down below as well. I took just a snippet of that out. But a lot of the more deeper questions, um, I'm going to cover, like I said, in my Facebook Live. I put like like some of my top, top five ones that you should ask before you even um, talk to a person like this is stuff you should do by yourself. So these five I'm going to bring are actually, I, I take it back. They're not in that hundred questions. This is like the bonus for before, before you sit down with any guy or girl, you need to know yourself what you want. And you could say, look, I know what I want. I want a guy who looks like this. I want a guy who's like that. I want him to be religious. That's not what I'm talking about, guys. I'm talking about some really deep stuff that we do not consider that will totally affect your decision-making. And so that's what I'm going to get to. So I want to just emphasize here in the podcast, the fact that you need to take the time. Now, some people are like, I don't have any time or I don't need to do that. Or I already know what I want. Okay then. But I'm telling you, it is just something that needs to be avoided with all the problems that I've seen. That's one. So make sure you take the time if you can, join the conversation tonight. Ask me questions. I want to answer them and answer them one-on-one-on-one. On one on one. The last time I put the wrong URL, yeah, I'm a Ricky. Yeah, I put in the email that I sent you guys because I was just sharing the page and a lot of people didn't know how to scroll. They couldn't find me and I totally get that. But this time I'm going to try to be like, oh, so much better at it and give you the real URL right on um, my IG stories. But either way, you could just join the Facebook um, Live. That's going to be right on my page um, on Facebook Live, Mindful Muslima. Now, um, the second thing I want to highlight or the last thing I want to highlight is exactly what was Islamic or not Islamic from Layla's. So I want to go over exactly what was cultural versus Islamic in Layla's story. So the first thing I want to say is that um, there is a fine line, so it's going to be really hard to pinpoint everything, but there's a fine line between obligation to parents and, you know, your rights as a person who's getting married. So in Layla's story, you had these parents that they were very good parents and they loved their children dearly and they wanted the best for her. But at the same time, they were um, doing something against the Sunnah, which was holding her back from getting married for a long time. And a couple of other things I'll mention in a second. But the most part is that it's important for all young people to know the boundaries. It's important for parents to know the boundaries, everyone to know the boundaries of what their rights are, what other people's rights are. Because yes, the parents are obligated to take care and protect and advise. But there is a point where not, we're taking it too far where it becomes about you and your 
delaying and distracting from the actual sunnah that could permit something that maybe you're disallowing, that's when it becomes um, a different type of parenting. And, you know, the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, this is not a marriage example, but I'll just give you this example just to put it in perspective. Um, like when the Sahaba were beginning to become Muslim, they had very deep, deep relations with, with their families and especially their parents and extended family. And they, some of them told them, you cannot pray. And these, this is their parent, right? It's their parents' order. They became Muslim. They didn't want them to. And they said, you cannot pray. But guess what? In that moment, they were supposed to disobey them because there's a point where we have to know the fine line between obeying the parents and actually where you have to follow the sunnah. And sometimes following the sunnah means displeasing other people. But I'm not trying to instill like rebellion for, for young people here. Hear me out. That is not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you should go tell your parents, well, I don't have to listen to you because there is a way to do everything. It's not just what you say. It's how you say it. It's not just what you do. It's how you do it. So let's be really clear about what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is educate yourself on the boundaries and find a way to follow the sunnah without be disres- being disrespectful to your parents. And at the same time, you know, making sure that you get what you need because it is you that is going to get married. Okay, so first thing is just to educate yourself and to understand the boundaries. And number two is um, the delay. So the delay of Layla is actually a huge problem. And it's not just for her, it's for many. It is the, <laughs> the norm at this point in our ummah to tell our young people to delay until they finish college, to delay until they finish a degree, to delay until they have a certain amount of money saved, to delay, to delay, to delay. Delaying marriage is actually not within the boundaries of the sunnah. It's actually, I don't want to say it's against the sunnah, but it's pretty much not a requirement at all. Being married, having a degree, um, excuse me, having a certain uh, amount of money, having a degree, not at all a requirement for getting married. Matter of fact, if you feel that you need to get married and it is going to be an extreme fitna, and now you're pressured instead to save X amount of money or to get your doctor degree or your pharmacy degree or your um, your engineering degree so you could be a great catch, that is not the sunnah. That is not Islam. Okay, We are not prioritizing. We're putting our own social and cultural pressures in places where they actually do not belong. Now, this would be a shock to many people because people are like, that's what everybody's waiting for. Yeah, and that's why our marriages are in a horrible state. Ta-da! See, this is what I mean, guys. We have to educate ourselves. And in my um, Facebook Live, maybe I'll get into it. I don't know, but I'm definitely going to get into my marriage course. Exactly like what is required. Like what should you be doing? We have to know the steps. We have to know the boundaries. Like this is not actually something that should be asked of you, nor should you wait because it creates a great deal of fitna. And that's why the sun is against that. And then you're going to say, well, wait a minute. How can we be ready? How can we provide? How can we... Doesn't the law provide? Like, see, there's some things that we have been ingrained in our head about what is successful or about what is safe or responsible. And those definitions do not match the sunnah, guys. There are beautiful, wonderful, logical things that are just being approached in the wrong way. We have to learn. And people who are choosing, like, for example, let's say you choose someone because they're a doctor. Okay, congratulations, they're a doctor, but maybe they don't pray. Maybe they're not going to be a good father. Maybe they're going to cheat on you. Maybe they're going to be physical with you, you know, in the point where, you know, obviously in a domestic, you know, uh, capacity. 
I'm trying to tell you, like, it doesn't matter what title they have. It doesn't mean they're going to be a good spouse, make you happy, and be the other half of your, your dean. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't equate to that. And that's something that we really have to, to understand because those are the women that are coming to me after. Like, hey, I thought he was going to be like this. I was sold on the fact that blah, blah, blah. And that's the whole thing. You didn't go by the sunnah. So you don't get the protection of that. You know, subhanAllah, and, and, and this is so critical. This is what I need our parents and our young people to know. And um, the last one is also equally important. It's just the cultural aspects. So obviously, marrying from this culture or that, or this or that, it's not allowed in Islam to place this emphasis. And like I said, sometimes parents will say, oh, I don't care about that. I care about this. But in the back of their mind, they do, because many of us have been raised in a certain way to think certain things about certain people. You know, those people are like this. Those people are like that. I better not put my daughter with those ones because they treat women like this or this. We can't keep thinking like this. It's completely inappropriate. So, yes, being forced to marry from your village, your country, your um, from a certain type of degree, people with degrees, this whole like um, you know thing where we're where we're stopping our young people from getting married, causing a fitna. Um, there is like millions of people they could marry. We're putting them in a pool of like one village with X amount of thousands of people and saying that's your choice. That's who, that's where you get to pick from. Like that is not allowed in the sunnah at all. And that's really sensitive for families. Some people, they don't want you to marry outside of their culture, but sometimes they do allow you to, but then they're super picky and they have a lot of preconceived notions about every other culture and what they're like. And there's a lot of backbiting. There's a lot of um, slander. There's a lot of sinning. Let's just say that. And parents think they're doing the right thing and they're within the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they're not. They're not. Okay, I'm going to say this in front of everyone. And I'm not, again, trying to instill rebellion. What I am trying to do is make us all on the same page where we are seeking the sunnah, not weighing and leaning on our cultural beliefs and self-understanding. That stuff is just dangerous. That is what's going to get you divorced really fast or trapped in a marriage you cannot get out of without a lot of drama and harm. That's why I'm bringing this information out there, guys. Not just because I love and believe in the sunnah, but I'm trying to prevent our people from a lot of unnecessary issues that are just real. I mean, this stuff is real. I know when people hear this stuff, they're going to be like, yeah. Parents might not like it all the time, but hopefully parents might say, hey, you know what? That might have been the cycle of my family, but I need to break that cycle because I'm responsible and I'm accountable for my own family. You know, I can't rewrite the history of what happened before me but I can surely pave the way for tomorrow and I do want to put my kids in a good position and I know that it's not about what my family does if it's over the sunnah if the sunnah is one way we don't go back on tradition and lean on that right guys so I just want to make that super evident and super clear now I'm super excited to talk about the next part where I'm going to talk about what's coming up in our calendar and ending, as I t- promised you, I would let you know what's coming up on our calendar. There are so many fun things. And I just want to rattle off in like two seconds exactly the, the maybe like the three big announcements that we have coming down the pipeline. So the first one is dun dun dun. I'm just scrolling up. Okay, so I just want to leave you these updates. Um, so tonight, like I mentioned, we have an upcoming Facebook Live, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm in New York, so New York Time. Like I said, I have that bonus resource that's free to all who attend. You guys are going to get it um, before everyone else. Um, number two, I have an exclusive private. I'm so excited about this one. I'm not going to lie. I have an exclusive private, extremely limited, 
Facebook group. And I'm going to tell you why in a minute. Now, by limited, I mean I have limited seats and it's only going to be open for two weeks. I know that sounds so weird. I'm going to explain in a second. Two weeks as I'm giving out free bonus content and an incredible prize. And I'm really excited to announce that I am opening pre-registration for it today. So this is pre-registration. For whoever are my loyal podcast listeners, I'm opening up registration to you guys before everyone else because you guys are always with me and I want to make sure that you guys get a chance for the seats because we're going to be doing on this, um, just this two-week Facebook group, our five-day marriage challenge to win $250. Unfortunately, I will have to cap the number of participants. And that's kind of just to make sure I give the best experience possible to the people who are inside. And I've just realized that when I when I put big numbers, I'm not able to give everybody the attention they need. So there will be a cap. So please, please register as soon as you can. Like I said, I'll put the link below. Register as soon as you can, and we will let you know if your request is approved. Now, the official doors of the group will open January 2nd, but like I said, the spaces will fill up kind of like way before, so please don't hesitate as I cannot guarantee a spot. This is me giving you a chance now. So like I said, the link is in the show notes for that one. And lastly, I'm just going to drop a hint here like I have a little bit before about the upcoming reveal that I'm so excited. I'm going to unveil something that I've been working on for quite a while based on the incredible amount of requests from you guys and just questions that you want answered and things like that. So we're going to have our Muslim Marriage Lab course open and it's totally on how to find the ideal spouse in a modern way by the Sunnah. Now you know me, I throw out podcasts constantly. I'm throwing out YouTube on this type of content. I'm throwing out free webinars. I'm throwing out free face my Facebook group, the private one for like two weeks, totally free. Everything there is free. You could just attend the whole thing, have fun, go home, or you could attend it and win that $250 prize. Most majority of what I give out is completely free. But for the people that are just like, that's great, but I just want more. I want that next level, that edge, that super fine detail where you give me step-by-step exactly what I need to do and you give me that community support where I'm not alone. You're going to be with me the whole time because I'm going to have um, an opportunity in that one for like a private Facebook group only for the people who join the Muslim Marriage Lab. And I'm going to put on like bonus content and come on and do some live stuff, Q&A. And I'm even thinking of having some guest imams come and answer some like questions that you guys have on fiqh and marriage and things like that. I have that stuff in the works. But I mean, honestly, I just want you guys to know that um, that's not going to happen till January 7th. January 7th, I'm going to unveil that one. If you're interested, totally if you're interested. And like I said, if you join the free limited edition Facebook group, the one that's going to officially open January 2nd, um, you know, that has the five-day challenge, you'll definitely be the first one to know when that Muslim marriage uh, lab course opens, inshallah ta'ala. But again, um, the link below is in the podcast if you want to pre-register while the seats are still available for the um private limited edition Facebook group. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I cannot wait to connect with you guys tonight. Please, please come on and give me your best questions. Inshallah ta'ala, I will do my best to answer. I just love to kind of connect with you guys in real time. You have a great Friday and inshallah ta'ala, I'll catch you next time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.